Welcome to another edition of No Block Sports. I'm your host, Jason Green. We are on episode 58, and just like the other other 57 episodes, we have so much to get into. I'm literally recording this right after an excellent playing game in the Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors. And if you listened to my last episode, I told you how I didn't like the playing games. And I'm just going to talk about this for a minute, and then we're going to get on to what's actually on the show. Um, Listen... I didn't like the playing games, not because they could have potentially good games. They did. There were two really good ones in the Warriors and Lakers, and obviously we just saw in the Grizzlies and the Warriors, right? Two out of the six, right, that we saw. And the Warriors-Lakers game did, like, the best ranks to the 2019 conference loss, and that's great. But the end result is still what I thought might happen, and this is why I didn't like it. What simply happened is that the Warriors are now not in the playoffs. And give credit where credit is due, that the Memphis Grizzlies played better than them today. That John Morant was fantastic and took a huge step into being a star today in the NBA. But you think Adam Silver's happy with that? That one of his, I'd say, the second biggest commodity in in the NBA is not in the playoffs? I mean, that's the truth. The first round series between Utah and Warriors, even though Utah would have smacked them, right? And we'll get to obviously now my predictions later. But now you could add Steph Curry there. Like he's trying to win. You know, like he's trying to lead him as far as possible. And now you don't have that. Now I got a series that I don't think how many people you think are gonna watch the Utah Grizzly series? And that's the absolute truth. But that's just a quick minute of that. Listen, that's we have so much to get into today. First thing we're gonna get to is as I said, I made a bunch of predictions early in the year when the NBA season started all the way back in December. It's actually crazy that we're here now. So I'm going to go over all my predictions. Um, so let's start with that right now. Know what's on my mind this week. Straight NBA all the way through. So let's start with the predictions. So first we're going to go with the Eastern Conference standings and what I had compared to what actually happened. So let's start it off with the first seed. I had the top three correct. Listen, I had the Bucks, Sixers, Nets. I just had them in different orders. I It went Sixers, um, Nets, Bucks. The question is, did I get any person exactly right? Out of the playoff teams, I got the Wizards 8, I got the Celtics, Heat, I got 6 out of the 8 playoff teams. No Toronto Raptors, no Indiana Pacers. I'm a bit shocked about that. I'm looking to see if I got any team exactly right. And it looks like the closest I got, I had the Cavs at 23 and 49. Also, the Sixers at 49 and 23. Sixers ended at 15 and 22. The Cavs ended at 22 and 50. So it was I had six of my eight teams correct. Of course, the order was very difficult. I didn't get any exactly right. I was very shocked that the Toronto Raptors and the Indiana Pacers didn't make the playoffs. But in a year of COVID, and also where anything can happen, right? Obviously, this would be usually the NBA is not that hard to predict. You kind of have a feeling that the nine teams are going to be in the, fighting for the eight spots. Usually, your eight teams, and then the ninth one, you could say, oh, I could see them getting in. It was obviously different this year. Listen, I had the Hawks as the ninth seed. I had them not making the playoffs. And I think I was all my way of being a right until Nate McMillan came in there and obviously changed the culture and all that. And not the worst thing I was wrong about by far, I had the Knicks at 19 and 53. I had the Knicks at 19 and 53. They ended up this fourth seed at 41 and 31, clearing my expectations by 22 games. I mean, I was completely wrong about that, and I don't care. I do this because I don't care. I was right about some things. Listen, 
I was I was right about the Bulls once again not making the playoffs and not making the leap. They oh I actually I can't believe I ever saw this. I had the Bulls at exactly thirty one and forty one, and that's what they ended thirty one and forty one. So I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that. But I'll be equally disgusted that I did not see the Knicks at all coming, and they outperformed my expectations. Um, otherwise, that I anything I think I predicted others didn't see, it's fine. I mean, the Heat, they're around the record, a couple off. Toronto Raptors, I don't see. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I had the Wizards as the 8 seed. That's the only seed I got completely correct if we're talking about the playoffs. Um, at the Celtics, I, I guess I am a little better than they thought. They were 44-28. and 28. They ended up 36-36. and 36. So the Eastern Conference was, I think if we go back all the way to my last year's episode around, I think it was, past this time when this happened i did much better last year but that's because listen the nba is usually not that hard of a sport to predict it was easy to tell you that the bucks sixers nets were the top three teams in the east i think everybody knew that but with covid and all that it obviously was a little bit more different listen i had the bucks win 56 games they did not come close to that this year i thought they would straight dominate one approval point and get the one seat again and get home court advantage the entire time they took their foot off the gases layer 46 and 26 not bad they were close. Also, it was one game off Brooklyn. I had them 49-23. They went 48-24. and So, I'll give myself like a 6.2 out of 10 at predicting the Eastern Conference. Let's head over to the Western Conference now where I can tell you I was wrong from the absolute jump. I had, like most people, the Lakers as the one seed at 59-13. and I thought they clearly got better as a squad. And listen, they were at one point the two seed at like 30-15 and or something like that. And I'm not saying they would have went 15-3-19, but I think a top three seed was easily achievable for them. And at least close, closer to that mark, it's like a 45 win mark. Or they're at 42, I'd say like a 45-48 to win mark. Obviously, LeBron going down and Anthony Davis going down killed that. I can't predict that. That's just what happens. I Denver is the two seed at fifty one and twenty one, and um, they didn't. I mean, they didn't disappoint. They won forty seven games and saw nothing there. Had the Clippers at forty nine and twenty three. They won forty seven and twenty five. A little bit below expectations. I did have the Jazz as the four spot, and I did have Phoenix at the five. I was high on both the Jazz and the Phoenix. I was probably higher than a lot of people think on Phoenix. Than most people were. Listen, I knew they were going to make the playoffs. I knew they were going to be better than people thought. I didn't think they'd be this good. They put eight games above my expectations. Now, obviously, Utah going 52 and 20 could have been more if Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell were not hurt for a significant amount of time. So, exact seeding wise, I get any correct. I got the Portland Trailblazers as the sixth seed exactly correct. Um, I would have had the Warriors. Do we still count that? Can I count that for myself? I would have the Warriors exactly right at. I guess, yeah, they're not, not 39 and 33. They were, I'm not sure exactly what they were for, but I did have them as the eight seed to begin the year. A major L for me also, the Houston Rockets, 36 and 36. I personally thought Harden was going to get traded later. I thought they were really going to pull it out as long as possible and wait to the trade deadline. They obviously did not do that. Um, I was once again right that the Pelicans wouldn't make the playoffs. Um... I think a lot of people were on them taking the next steps playoffs. I said no, hold it. Um, Dallas Mavericks is a seven seed. They actually made it to the five seed. They only outperformed by two games actually for me. So I'm not that mad about that prediction. Um, the Timberwolves outplayed or did not play as well as I thought. I had been 32 wins. Um, the Grizzlies outplayed my prediction. I had them at 30 and 44. So did the Spurs. Um, the Sacramento Kings outplayed my prediction a little bit. And oh, the Thunder. 
I missed the Thunder by one game, 21 and 52. They went 22 and 50. But in grades of playoff teams, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I would have gotten every single playoff. That's my point. I would have gotten every single playoff team correct if the Golden State Warriors would have won. We'll call it yesterday, I guess now. So seven out of eight playoff teams correct. So I got 13 out of 16 playoff teams right. That's not bad at all. I would give my Western Conference a little better. I, I Some of this was out of my control. I didn't know when Harden was going to get traded. I'm sorry. And I didn't know the. I, I just I thought the Timberwolves and Pelicans would be better. The Grizzlies wouldn't be this good again. Once again, shout out Taylor Jenkins. He is a hell of a coach. I mean, I think the Grizzly team is tough, man. You've got some good young pieces. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Grace Allen, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr. But this... I mean to go into go into Golden State and win that game huge for all their developments. Shout out Taylor Jenkins. Um, outside of that, um, I think I mean shout out Pop again for at least keeping his team relevant. I thought they'd be worse at twenty and forty four. But those are my Eastern and Western Conference predictions to begin the year. And listen, I do this because I don't care if I'm wrong. Listen, I like to be right. Don't get me wrong, but I don't care if I'm wrong. Like, I, I like to go through why I'm wrong and see what I did wrong, and I'll pat myself on the back and sometimes I'm right. So those are my Eastern and Western Conference predictions, what I did wrong and what I did right. I got one more prediction, little slate to go through, and that was my NBA awards prediction to begin the year. So I'm going to tell you who my number one person was, and I'm going to tell you if I still think it's them or not for each award. So let's break it down for each thing. So the first one is Coach of the Year. And I promise you, you can go look back at my doc in my episode. I said Monty Williams will win Coach of the Year. I'm still on that wave. Um, if I actually had to pick for the true Coach of the Year, it might be Nate McMillan. But I think Monty Williams is going to win it and deserves to win it because obviously he had a full slate. Taylor Jenkins also deserves to be in that. Doc Rivers deserves to be in that. Tom Thibodeau deserves to be in that. There's a lot of good coaches this year and a good coach that – really put me in shock that I didn't think they would be there that they were. Tom Thibodeau, to me, might win it. But Monty Williams, they were higher seed, tougher conference, um, really built on last year, too. So I think Monty Williams is going to win it. And he was voted by, like, the CBA coaches, something something, that, something with the players that they all voted for him coach of the year. So I think he's got it locked in the back. So one point for me, and I get something correct. Most improved player, I said Kobe White. I really liked him in Billy Donovan's system, and I saw he was taking the leap to be end the year. That did not go as planned. I think he ended up averaging more points, rebounds, and assists this year. But Bulls weren't as good as I thought they would be. He wasn't as efficient as I thought it would be, and it just didn't work out. The real most improved player, so now do I think it is, it's clearly Julius Randle. Listen, Julius Randle was having an absurd season. I've never seen a player... I can't, I can't remember a player of his caliber. Remember, he was drafted third overall be good like he was always good with the lakers he averaged 20 points game with the pelicans and he kept kind of flying around and then he goes to the knicks and he just shoots up in year seven or year i think he's on year eight i'm not sure he's always been a good player Joe has been a, a fine player on a on a bad team but he, he could get get you buckets nice scenario but he took a leap this year 24 10 and 6 he should be a top five candidate for mvp he really should, and I'll get, and I might, I might draw my top five candidates when I think who, who's gonna win it now. But he has been unbelievable. Part of the reason he is the, sorry, not part of the reason. He is the main reason that the Knicks are even close to where they're at. Julius Randle, this should be unanimous runaway. 
All right, sixth man of the year. I said Norman Powell to begin the year, and I actually was pretty comfortable with that pick. Quinn Snyder in Utah had a different job. Jordan Clarkson is going to run away with this. Two of the three people are on the Jazz, and Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. I don't think it's been like that since it was like Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams were on the same team. It was some, uh, some something with like with the Houston Rockets one year. They had two possible six man candidates. I forget exactly what it was, but it was it's unbelievable. I mean, Jordan Clarkson has the greenest of green lights, and he has been insanely good this year. Usually, he's been known as a shot chucker, and this year I wouldn't call it that. that. I would call it that he's doing what he's been told to do. He's running it through the offense. He's moving the ball. He's moving without the ball. Yeah, he's, he sometimes takes some bad shots, but clearly Jordan Clarkson is sixth man of the year, and I have no issue with saying that. All right, defensive player of the year. In the beginning of the year, I'm going to give myself another pat on the back. In the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be Ben Simmons. I said it was going to be Ben Simmons, and I'm still going, I think, it's going to be Ben Simmons. Will Ben Simmons win it? Oh, my God, these people love Rudy Gobert. And I want to go on a 30-second rant about defensive player of the year real quick. Why are we so content? Or, or sorry, other awards we like to move around, right? No one wins most in player, approved by Jews in a row. Uh, yeah, I've seen Lou Williams win six man with zero, but it's not. You know who the best six man in the league are, you know what I mean? Um, coach of the year, you move it around. Can't win coach of the year two years in a row. MVP, it's a moving trophy. Yes, yeah, some people win it multiple times, but Giannis isn't winning it again. He's had just a good season in his last two, but what's the difference? Why do we continue? Rudy Gobert's already a two-time defensive player year, I believe, or he's already won it. Why not continue to move the trophy like we do with all other awards? Ben Simmons guards more positions. He has more versatility. He has more of an off. I, something I, I actually look at when I play, when I look at defensive players, what are you giving to me offensively? Are you running the offense? Because if you're just not doing anything and screening, it's not the same. Because offensive effort turns into how much effort you put on the defensive end as well. And Ben Simmons being able to run the offense on on the offensive end and still do all that defensively is remarkable. And I don't think people put enough status into that part in the game. And I think that should change. Not saying you should give it to the best offensive, best two-way player. If the guy's that good on defense, do it. But Ben Simmons is having a miraculous year. He's given up less points to bigs and, and guards like per possession that Rudy Gobert has. He's been unbelievable. Guards 1-5. through five. Ben Simmons is your defensive player of the year to me. And I called that from the beginning of the year. All right, last but not least, MVP. I said Luka. I thought it was Luka years. And I think the Mavericks showed us a lot at the end of the year, especially getting the fifth seed, something I didn't think they would have, or I think a lot of people think they would have. But then it's clearly Jokic. Listen, it's clearly Jokic because when the Aaron, oh, sorry, when Jamal Murray got hurt, there would have been no excuse to take a step back for the Nuggets. That's your second best player. Instead, they went 9-1 in their next 10 games. Jokic was unbelievable. Has the highest PR in the NBA. At one point, had the highest PR in NBA history. He was putting on a goddamn show. 57% of the field. 42% from 3. 28-10-8. I'm sorry. There's been a lot of good candidates. My candidates go like this. I go, Jokic won. I think I think it's going to be Steph Curry 2. Joel Embiid 3. Chris Paul 4. Julius Randle 5. I think those are my 5 from MVP. But listen, I think I'm going to get 2 right. Right? And I'd be shocked if this hasn't, if the now segment, this isn't how it goes. But my beginning of the year predictions, to get 2 right, that is not a bad job. I'm giving myself a 7.9 out of 10. But those are my, what I thought they would be and what I think they are now for my NBA award predict. 
All right, let's get to the actual playoffs. First, we're going to start with, obviously, the more boring conference in the Eastern Conference. So I'm just going to go through 1A, 2, 7, 3, 6, just that in order. So first series, Sixers are the 1 seed versus the 8 seed Wizards. Um, this is an interesting series to me. The Wizards have obviously been very hot entering the playoffs. What the Sixers have is a lot of defenders. Listen, Danny Green, Matisse Thibault, obviously I think Ben Simmons win defensive player of the year. I mean, Embiid's a very good defender. But you've got guards that can score the ball and penetrate in Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. If Bradley Beal is healthy, I think they can give the Sixers some trouble. Bradley Beal put up 50-plus points. I think he almost had 60 against the Sixers. Or maybe he might have put up 60 earlier in the year. Um, he hasn't really had trouble scoring against them. He's, I mean, as a Sixers fan, he, it is a pleasure to watch Bradley Beal against Sixers. And that's it's a weird way of putting that. But here's the truth. The Wizards do not have enough size. Robin Lopez, Alex Len, as much as good as Daniel Gafford has been as a rim protector, he doesn't have enough size to deal with Embiid. That's the truth. There's a reason the Wizards are an 8 seed. People always forget this. Like, yes, have the Wizards been hot? Sure. Were the Warriors and Grizzlies or the Warriors hot? But yes, they're an 8 seed for a reason. This is not a good team. Sixers have been good all all year long. There hasn't been a stretch where I think there was a three-game losing streak once with the Sixers. We're like, oh, I'm worried about the Sixers. No, they've been good the entire year. They're prepared, they're focused, and they're trying to make a run. I got the Sixers in five. I'll give the Wizards either game three or four in Washington, but there's no way in my mind I could see Philadelphia losing at home to this team. Sixers in five. All right, next series, Nets versus Celtics. This would obviously be a much different series, a much different story if Jalen Brown was healthy. Obviously, he came down with a wrist injury, and it's over from there. Um, I'm going to say it real quick. I would be shocked if the Celtics took it back to Boston for the second trip in Game 6. I would be. But they once again, the size is not an issue because their Celtics are small and the Nets are small. And on any given night, Tatum and Kemba Walker, <coughs> excuse me, Tatum and Kemba Walker can go off. That's why if Jalen Brown was there, this series would be interesting. Because as uh, now, I'm not saying they would have won, but listen, Kyrie Harden and, and KD are just a better version of Tatum, Brown, and Kemba. Don't get me wrong. But on any given day, that three could possibly be better than those three on the Celtics to this from the Nets. Without the three, and you're just a dynamic duo against the big three, you don't have a better bench. The Nets are deeper. Brad Stevens is going to have to do a hell of a job coaching. I don't know how much we could do. Like you had good defenders, too, and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to really match up with them. I don't see it. I don't see it going past five. I got the Nets in five. And honestly, I could see a game where the Nets are resting people and can still take a game. I think I think the Celtics won one game this year is when Kyrie went four for 18 and they won by like barely like by three or something like that, three or four. Whenever the big three have played, they haven't lost to the Celtics. All right, next series. This is the most, as we know, and this isn't like calling my shot here the most interesting series in the eastern conference and as the three seed bucks versus the six seed heat obviously the heat beat the bucks in five games almost swept them last year in the bubble this is not the bubble anymore i already see the line dipping for the bucks in game one it's now minus four and a half for the bucks it was a minus five i'm telling you right now bet the bucks in game one it is a whole different story playing the Bucks in the bubble and playing the Bucks 
in Milwaukee. Okay, I'm telling you that everyone probably thinks that the Heat are just gonna do the same thing they did before. And that the Heat been good before this series, yes. And do they? Ma- the truth is, do they match up well with the Bucks? Yes. Bam Adebayo matches very well against the Kubo. They have a lot of three and D guys: Iguodala, Precious Chua, Jimmy Butler. I mean, I'm definitely missing some. Trevor Ariza. Like, they have a lot of three and D guys. They got a lot of shooters too: Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson, Max Strus. I mean, Dragic and Nunn are very similar players. They have a very good roster. But when you got to go on the road, actually, now, it's going to be a different series. I got the Bucks in six in this series. And it wouldn't shock me to have went to seven. But I I think the Bucks take care of this more easily than you think, especially now they have another player in the clutch that so I can get it done. The difference between Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday is massive. Eric Bledsoe never showed up in the playoffs. He never showed up. Drew Holiday has never been great in the playoffs like that, but defensively, he's much better and much more reliable as an offensive threat. So I got the Bucks in six in this series. All right, last one. Knicks Hawks, the four seed versus the five seed. I like this series. You got the defensive gritty Knicks versus the the, the shooting three push the pace Hawks. Um, it's honestly going to be a night and day thing in the series. Some of these games are going to be very low scoring, hundred <coughs> to ninety six. Some of these games Hawks might blow them out. Um, I like the Knicks in seven because I don't see the versatility that they have. Um, in the big man position. Like, Clint Capella is great. I don't know how much he can go. Uh, they just don't, to me, have an answer for Julius Randle. Can't put DeAndre Hunter on him. Can't put Clint Capella on him. And I know Thibodeau is going to be prepared for absolutely anything that the Hawks will pull out of him. And here's the thing. And I say this all the time. Same thing's going to happen to Steph Curry. Same thing's to Trey Young, and he's going to experience it. All those foul calls he was getting in the regular season, he's not going to get now, especially against this aggressive defense that Tom Thibodeau is going to be throwing at you. I wouldn't be shocked to see if Trey Young really struggled in his first series. I wanted to go to the Knicks in five, but something was telling me this is that it is going to be a long series because the two polar opposites in each game is going to be so different. It's the most interesting series to me because, as I just said, one game is going to be very low scoring. One day the Hawks are just going to go barrage of threes, and the Knicks are going to have to catch up. So I got the Knicks in seven. Usually series, it's always when you think teams are even, you think they're going to go seven, but then they go to the five because they're just close games and one team hands out. I think this series is a real good chance to go distance, and I think I got the Knicks in seven. So those are my uh, Eastern Conference first-round playoff predictions. All right, so let's get into now my Western Conference playoff predictions. I think the first round has more exciting series. Like in the East, I'm probably only really excited for the Bucks versus Heat. Not like I won't enjoy the Knicks versus Hawks. And obviously, as a Sixers fan, I'm going to be watching the Sixers and Wizards. But the Nets and Celtics don't interest me. The Sixers and Wizards should also be a blowout. Um, the Bucks needs to be good. The Knicks and Hawks should be good. But about just better competition, I think more stars aligned, they're going to get in the West. So let's get into the number one seed, Jazz versus the Grizzlies, who we all thought would be the Warriors. I'm going to say this right now, and I tweeted about it. No matter what happens in the series, the Grizzlies made a step. They made a step. John Morant took a huge step in that game to becoming a star and maybe a possible superstar in the NBA. Listen, you lost the playing game last year to Portland, and you came back in Golden State, took him in Steph's house, and you played, I think he had 36. I mean, he was absolutely goddamn ballistically crazy good. He was goddamn good. So, but here's the truth. Donovan Mitchell will be back. They're just a better team. They're just going to move the ball over the Grizzlies. I want to give the Grizzlies a game. I want to think their defense can grit and grind and get one. But the Jazz are too good. 
Don Mitchell will be back. Starting to get healthy. I like the Jazz in four in this series. Would it shock me if the Grizzlies won one? No. But I like the Jazz in four. All right, next series. I can't believe I'm saying this. <coughs> the two-seed Suns versus the seven-seed Lakers. And the Lakers are favored to win this series at a minus 150. And I feel terrible for Chris Paul because I talk about how good Chris Paul is. And if he loses in the first round again, no one's going to care about the regular season for him. It's going to suck. But also, as someone who loves LeBron, I don't want to see LeBron out in the first round. The truth is, the Lakers have the better duo, if healthy. And Anthony Davis looked healthy to me. LeBron didn't look unhealthy, but he didn't look healthy. The Lakers have a deeper bench that's been there before. They got more perimeter defenders, while you could argue that the Suns have more 3 and D guys. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder. It's going to come down to how what decisions do the Lakers make. Do they go small? Because if they can't hit shots and compete threes with the Suns, I don't know how they're going to win. If they can hit threes, I could see the series being over much sooner than people think. I'm going to go to Lakers and Sex. This series is so interesting. Lakers have the number one ranked defense, but the Suns were the best team on the road in the NBA this year. I think you're going to see a lot of teams winning on their court. Wouldn't be shocked if they split one and one um, in, in, in Phoenix to start. Wouldn't be shocked if they split one and one. Ultimately, I'm going to go Lakers and Sex. Listen, here's the truth. LeBron has never lost a first-round series. Ever. Is that going to start in year 18? Are you going to bet against that? I'm not. And I, I wish this wasn't happening. I was begging the Suns got the one and the Jazz got the two. Or I don't know. The Lakers somehow got the six. I hate this for Chris Paul. I really do because I'm such a big Chris Paul guy. But I'm going to go Lakers in six. All right. Next series is a, a repeat of the conference semis two years ago. When uh, they took it to Game 7. And I think it's going to go 7 again. But real quick before I get my winner. It's the Nuggets versus the Trailblazers. I think a lot of people are leaning Trailblazers here. Because obviously there's no Jamal Murray. And I was pretty big on this Blazers team to begin the year. Listen, they're legit 8-9 and nine deep. But they don't have anyone to guard Jokic. And <coughs> Nurkic is not that guy. He's not mobile enough to me. And... Let's not act like Michael Porter Jr. can't average 20 points per game in the series. Aaron Gordon can't put 20 a game. You know, there's no Barton also, which I don't think is that big of a loss for them. Listen, they haven't had Barton ever in like last year or this year. I didn't think they have him for the bubble run anyway. So I don't really count that as an L. This team is a little less deep. I like the Nuggets in seven. I like the Nuggets in seven. If I had to go with my gut, I'm going to go with the Nuggets in seven, but. It wouldn't shock me if the Blazers took me in six. But I'm going to put on my full prediction that the Nuggets win this series in seven games. Because simply, they can't card Jokic. <coughs> and I, I just like the way they were playing the end of the year. I mean, I understand the Blazers beat them, but it didn't really count to end the year. I like the way, even without Jamal Murray, they were moving the ball. They're just playing through Jokic and everything around them. And it's going to be tough for the Trailblazers. And this is also a big series for Terry Stotts. If they lose this series, he's gone. I mean, I'm not saying it's the right move, and they might find someone better. They might not, but he's going to be gone if they if he loses. So I got the Nuggets in seven. All right, last series. Series I'm really not that excited for. Clippers and Mavericks. Listen, obviously, Luka Doncic. They played this series last year with Luka, the game winner, and it went six. Lightning doesn't strike twice, even though that series in six should have possibly gone seven. I, I don't know where Porzingis is at. I, I just don't. Um, 
He got healthy. He was healthy in game one. He looked balling out. Then he got t- t- double technical foul. And he got hurt. If Porzingis plays like he did, this series can go longer than I think. I I don't. This is such a hard series to evaluate. Listen, they have the download on this team now. Like legit, the download of like what they play in the playoffs, what their schemes like in the playoffs, and Rick Carlisle's scheme. I think this Clippers team is focused and is going to take care of business. I'm big on the Clippers this year, and I don't know how far they'll go, but in the first round, I see them like, they're like, hey, we're not, I think they lost energy going six, losing more. I said, like, I think they're thinking, though, we're not even doing that this year. We're going to get rid of you guys quickly. I like the Clippers in five. Listen, they got defensive monsters in Kawhi and Paul George and Pat Beverly to go up against um, the Luka Doncic. Also, they're a little bigger this year. I mean, Zubach was the only really center that they had last year. Jermichael Green, that was one small. That DeMarcus Cousins was a good. When Zubach can't play, they can go big, and they also could play through him, and I really do like that. And also, Dallas doesn't have as many three-point shooters as they had last year, and they're not as good defensively or offensively as they were last year. So I got the Clippers in five games. So just to go over it again, all my predictions, I got the Sixers being the Wizards in five, the Nets being the Celtics in five, the Bucks being the Heat in six, the Knicks being the Hawks in seven, the Jazz being the Grizzlies in four, uh, the Lakers being the uh, Suns in six, the Nuggets being the Trailblazers in seven, and the Clippers being the Mavericks in five. Not many upsets, but usually there isn't really that many in the NBA playoffs. Again, usually you know who's going to win. So that's what I got for the East and the Western Conference playoffs. All right, thank you for once again joining me on another episode of No Block Sports. Uh, this was episode 58. We're almost on episode 60. I'm not sure. Usually I let you guys know what's going to be on next episode. I'm probably just going to keep going with the NBA content. What's going on? Maybe I'll throw in some college basketball transfer news. A lot of that's been going on. Uh, maybe the NFL. I'll throw something in there. But as of right now, that's it. But thank you for listening. Obviously, you can find us on Apple and Spotify and Anchor on No Block Sports. Just look that up Apple or Spotify. Also, go to anchor.fm slash Sports, And you can always follow us on Twitter at Sports one So a lot of ways you can find me. Tweet at me. Do like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you think. I always love it. But until next time, have a good night. And enjoy the NBA clock. Like, you know.